thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates 8, the Cleveland Indians nothing. All good things must come to an end, and the Indians' win streak has to end. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And it was a tough one last night for Cleveland Indians fans. It does eliminate us from the Central Division, American League Central title. However, we are still one game back of the White Sox, and we own the head-to-head matchup against them. So with an Indians win today and a White Sox loss, we can still jump into second place in the American League Central. We can still jump into that fourth spot in the playoff standings. There is still a lot of things that could happen today. The Toronto Blue Jays can still catch the New York Yankees. Now, I don't know about tiebreakers. I know they're one game back as far as record goes, but I don't know as far as tiebreakers go, what the head-to-head was there. So there are still things that could get shaken up. There's still things that could get shaken up in the NL Central. So we shall see how the playoffs play out today. There are a lot of important baseball games that are going down today. All right. Let's get into this game a little bit, and then we've got a phone call from Phil in Louisville that we're going to get to after we talk about this Pirates game. Boy, if you're a fan of Aaron Savali, you uh, you are not bragging on Twitter today. You are hanging your head in shame because Savali got hit around hard. I mean hard. This is probably Savali's worst game of the season. Uh, definitely the most runs he's given up all season. Yeah, let's just go out and say it's his worst game of the season. And uh, what a time for it to come, The last, his last start of the season. So Savali definitely will not be starting in the uh, wild card series. Uh, there's a chance he might not start even in the division series. Uh, if Tristan McKenzie has enough rest then Tristan McKenzie might be your game four starter in a division series. And then if it goes five, you probably go back to Shane Bieber at that point. They might not need Aaron Savali until to start a game until they would make it theoretically to the American League Championship Series, which would go seven games. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, he's going to pitch out of the bullpen, I guess, in theory. So we'll see if he can get a couple of starts under his belt and see if he can start locating better because uh, he was he was in the zone yesterday. That was really Aaron Savali's pro- problem yesterday. He was just in the zone. If you look at the hit chart, if you look at the pitch chart of all the hits that they had yesterday, everything, there are some meaty, meaty pitches there. Everything is in the zone. So, uh, yeah, he's gotta he's gotta paint a little more. I mean, that's what Aaron made Aaron Savali great at the beginning of the season. I mean, people were calling him a you know a, a young Greg Maddox or Greg Maddox light because he was throwing that two seam fastball. He was breaking it in on left handers. He was painting the edges, and he knows he knows his game is all about location, and it just wasn't happening last night. Uh, and uh, Key Brian Hayes would like to thank Aaron Savali for that because Key Brian Hayes had a five hit day yesterday. And uh, he starts things off for the Pirates with a double in the first. Colin Moran follows that up with a single and brings him in to score. One nothing Pirates in the first inning. All right, Savali would get out of that. You know, it's okay. 
Facing the Indians is Joe Musgrove, and Musgrove is not an ace for the Pirates. He he's someone I'm sure they've been trying to turn into an ace for a while now. He's he's been pitching for them for three seasons as a starter. He's now one in five after the win yesterday. He was zero in five going into the game yesterday. He's now one in five on the season. Uh, he's always been a decent strikeout guy. It looks like looking at his numbers, his whips have always been pretty low. He just, I mean, the Pirates teams haven't been very good. So his win loss record doesn't look great. His ERA for his career has always been over four. This is his first ERA that's under four. He finishes this year with a 3.86 ERA. So in no way is this guy an all-star level pitcher, but he's good. If you look at his percentile rankings, his uh, strikeout percentage is in the 86th percentile. His whiff percentage in the 80th percentile. The expected batting average and the expected slugging percentages are both around 80 percentile. Uh, His spin is up high for his fastball, but his fastball velocity is actually pretty low compared to the rest of the league. So, And the exit velocity off of him is in the 90th percentile, which I'm guessing means he's pretty good at inducing weaker contact. So the Indians made him look like an ace, though, last night. They just absolutely made him look like an ace. They struck out 10 times against him yesterday in seven innings pitched. And Lindor would start it out right away. He swung at a ball that hit him. He struck out on a ball that hit his thigh. That's how much Musgrove buckled Lindor with his curveball. If his curveball is not on pitching ninja today, I will be shocked shocked. I mean, when you get a guy to strike out and hit him, that's impressive. That's how you know you got a guy all mixed up. Jose Ramirez would hit a ground rule double in this inning, but Santana would fly out to end that threat. Top of the second, after getting a strikeout of Eric Gonzalez, Jose Ozuna comes up. He gets a solo home run out to right field. He goes opposite field, makes it 2-0 Pirates. Okay, fine. We can handle 2-0. He gets out of the inning there. In the bottom of the second, after Fermil Reyes single, Musgrove would then strike out the side, gets Naquin looking on, I believe, a fastball, gets Luplo swinging on a breaking ball away, and gets Roberto Perez strikeout swinging. So Musgrove striking out the side in the second after giving up that single. Savali has to face Key Brian Hayes again. Guess what? Gives up another double to right field. A ball that Delino DeShields dove for, could not come up with, gets past him, goes all the way out to the wall for a second double of the game. I have a feeling Delino DeShields in this wild card series is going to make a great catch that we will all be talking about, and he is also going to make a terrible play that we are all going to be talking about. That It feels like you get all or nothing with Delino DeShields out there. Um yeah, I just I have a feeling there's something we're gonna celebrate him for and something we're gonna, you know, uh beat up on him for. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's only the good stuff, right? That's what we want. We wanna stay positive, but it just seems like there's balls he just he takes bad routes to, he can't get to, he traps himself against the wall, he doesn't know where the warning track and the wall are. Uh and then other times he makes great catches. So I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what to expect from him. Uh, Colin Moran would ground out, move Hayes over to third, and then Josh Bell would single 
to right field, bring Hayes in to score 3-0 Pirates. After a Polanco flyout, Brian Reynolds really starts to add on. He hits a home run out to left center. Josh Bell comes in with him. It's now 5-0 Pirates. Now things are getting out of hand, right? When it was one run an inning, you thought maybe the Indians have a chance to get back into this thing. Now things are really out of hand here. Uh, Alomar sticks with Savali in the fourth. Things look okay. Uh, He gets Ozuna to line out, gives up a single to Stallings, gets Adam Frazier to looking, strikeout looking, and then Key Brian Hayes comes up again, singles to center field this time, an easy single right up the middle. Stallings moves up to second, and then Colin Moran gets a curveball down and in, and he crushes it out to right field. He destroys this ball. Colin Moran's that kind of hitter where it's nothing, 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 and then boom, big home run. Scores three more runs for the Pirates and makes it 8 nothing, and that's it. That's that's all that the Pirates would need. That's all the Indians would, would do. There's nothing here. There's nothing. In the fifth inning, he takes Savali out, takes him out of his misery, puts in Tristan McKenzie. This is your only positive from the day yesterday. Tristan McKenzie comes in in relief. Fifth inning, gets Polanco to fly out, strikes out Brian Reynolds, gets Eric Gonzalez to line out to short weekly, a weak line out to short, comes back in the sixth inning, gets Ozuna to strike out swinging, gets Jacob Stallings to looking, and then gets Adam Frazier to pop out to end that inning. So, two good relief innings from uh, Tristan McKenzie. That that was really positive. Uh, the next pitcher to come in for the Indians was Logan Allen. He would actually go three scoreless innings, which is good. They hit him up. They hit him around a little bit, three hits off him in three innings, but a walk and four strikeouts would be his line on the day. And I, I mean, I don't need to keep going on the game summary here because nothing else happens. The Indians don't really threaten. Musgrove was cruising even into the seventh inning. Even in the seventh inning, he gets Santana to pop out softly for Mio Reyes to strike out swinging, and then he gets Tyler Naquin to strike out swinging. So that would be the end of the seventh for uh, Musgrove, and then they would go to their bullpen. The ninth inning, I'm not even going to try to say the pitcher's name. (laughs) All right, I'll give it a shot here. I I wasn't watching, so I have no clue how the announcers pronounce it. I'm guessing it's Doviadas... Nevaraskas. I don't know. How did I do? Let me know. Uh, he gets Cesar Hernandez singles off him. Jose Ramirez would line out. Josh Naylor pinch hitting with strikeout swinging. Vermeil Reyes would walk. And then Oscar Mercado would fly out to end the threat. So we did have two guys on on the ninth, but I mean, it was 8 nothing. It, it, it didn't matter. That game was over. So uh, the final box score for the Indians, it does not look pretty. Hernandez was on base twice, held up his end of the deal. No multi-hit games, only five hits for the Indians, spread out amongst Lindor, Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, Famille Reyes, and Luplo. A lot of pinch hitters got in the game. You know, they cleared out the bench. Nobody really did anything. Uh, Savali's final line on the day, he moves to four and six on the season. He takes the loss, four innings pitch, 10 hits, eight earned runs, uh, no walks, and only four strikeouts, three home runs allowed. McKenzie's final line on the day, two innings pitched, no hits, no earned runs, no walks, three strikeouts. And you know what? I almost had to go with a Pirates player for MVP for the day. But I'm going with Tristan McKenzie. It was a great 
relief outing for him. It shows what he is going to be able to do in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see how much they use him, maybe early in the wild card series, right? Maybe following up Shane Bieber, just like he did in Bieber's last start. But then, are they going to cool him off a little bit so that he could possibly start a game in the division series? It's going to be interesting. The way he's used in the wild card series will definitely inform what they're thinking for the um, for the for the divisional series. We could also see a situation where if they continue to use him in relief, that we get into a bullpen game with Quantrill. Quantrill starts, goes three or four innings, and then McKenzie comes in to relieve him there. So it's going to be really interesting because I know they're not going to ride Tristan McKenzie the way they've ridden in Andrew Miller in the past, right? There's no way they want to do that to McKenzie's arm. So I think they're going to be very strategic and very thoughtful, I hope, the way they use Tristan McKenzie in relief in these playoffs. So that's everything that went down yesterday. Uh, like I said, not not a great game for the Indians. And uh, there's a lot that can still happen. Quantrill is getting the start today. It's a 3 o'clock game. So we'll see. He's probably not going to do what he did last time, right? Going four innings in a spot start situation there. Uh, pitching so efficiently. He had like six pitch innings. Um, we'll, we'll see. If we can get three innings, three solid innings out of Quantrill to start today, I think that will be good. I think we can bounce back and beat the Pirates. Win streaks end. It happens. If this were in the middle of the season, no one would care. It's obviously magnified because there was two games left in the season. Because we still had a chance of catching the Minnesota Twins. The Twins won yesterday, so it wouldn't have mattered anyways. They hold the tiebreaker against us. And right now, we're lined up to face the Twins. And that is bad news for the Indians. We do not want to be facing the Twins. So we need some things to happen. We need this to get shook up. Because we do not want to face the Twins in the first round in this wildcard series. So... Uh, let's go to our phone call. We got a question from Phil in Louisville, and Phil is asking about some stuff in the bullpen. This is from Phil in Louisville, a Cleveland Indians fan since 1975. Wanted to kick around the issue about why Adam Simber is not with the team and not on the playoff roster. His, his stats compare favorably to Plutko and Maton and Hill, and is this, this just a money deal? Because uh, I like the submarine style. I think he brings in another look. So why why aren't they having Adam Simber there? Looking forward to your response. Bye. All right. Thank you, Phil in Louisville. Thank you for calling in. And uh, I love that he announced. I, I used to work on the Les Levine, more sports than Les Levine, way back in the day. And we always used to joke about how people had to call in with their resume, right? Like, like it's an AA meeting. Like they had to stand up and say, I've been an Indians fan since the 70s. And uh, hear me out on this one. So I like it, Phil. Thank you for the call. Adam Simber. Now, Simber's an interesting pitcher because he does have that unique look, that submarine look. And. It was effective for a little bit, but he's actually struggled a lot since he's come into a Cleveland Indians uniform. If you remember, we picked him up from the Padres, another one of the San Diego Padres that came over. I don't think it's a contract situation. He's still in his pre-arbitration years. In fact, he doesn't become arbitration eligible until 2021. So I think it's more a situation of options. 
right? He has options available, so it's very easy to move him down to the minors or down to the alternate site in this season and uh, burn up one of those minor league options on him as opposed to someone like Plutko, who I know is out of options. Now, things started okay for uh, for Adam Simber in July. He actually pitched really well in July. In three appearances in July, his ERA was zero. He didn't give up a run. His uh, whip was a 1.125. That's walks, hits per inning pitched. In August, the ERA did climb up a little bit. In seven games, he did allow two earned runs uh, in seven appearances in 6.1 innings, six and a third innings. So his ERA was 2.84 for the month of August. His whip actually stayed pretty good. It was 1.105. In September, things got bad. His ERA for the month of September is 16.2. In three games, three appearances, in one and two-thirds innings, he gave up four hits, three earned runs. His whip was 2.4. So things really, really got away from him in September. If you're looking at the game log here, those those starts in September or those appearances in September. September 4th, he came in against Milwaukee. He does okay, pitches a clean inning, no hits, no earned runs. Then he comes in twice against the Kansas City Royals on September 7th and September 8th, and he gets hit around. He only goes a third of an inning in both of those appearances and gives up a run, gives up two runs the next time on September 8th. It was not good for him against the Royals, and that was the nail in the coffin. Like, Something about the way he was attacking in those situations against the Royals, it just looked bad, right? It just looked like he he was right in the middle of the zone. The righties were crushing him. That's another thing about Adam Simber. He's got to be able to get out right-handed batters. Well, his line this year against right-handed batters, they were hitting 367 against him with a 9-10 OPS against right-handed batters in 32 plate appearances. Against left-handed batters, surprisingly against left-handed batters, they were actually only hitting 154 against him with a 445 OPS. Now, they did strategically lose him, use him against lefties. He had to face a couple. He had 14 plate appearances against lefties. But, yeah, I mean, the righties, he just was not getting it done. He only had two strikeouts against right-handed batters in those 32 plate appearances. So... Look at looking at the rest of the pitching options for the Indians. I mean, there's so many righties that can come out of this bullpen. Quantrill, Cam Hill, Mayton, Whitgren, Karinchek, these are all righties here. And yeah, the numbers for Simber, some of them are okay. Uh, I mean, his whip, his total whip for the year is 1.3. And it does compare to Plucko, who's at 1.337. Phil Maiden's at 1.4. You're right on that. But here's what Phil Maiden does. Phil Maiden can strike out guys. His strikeouts per nine is at 13.5. Cam Hills is at 8.0. Quantrill's is at 8.5 strikeouts per nine. Adam Simbers is only at 4.2. So the thing this Indians pitching staff wants to do, especially with his bullpen, is strike out guys. And Simber was Definitely the worst at it all season coming out of that pen. He also allowed, he was uh, averaging 11 hits per nine innings, which is definitely the highest of any Indians pitcher 
from this uh, bullpen. I mean, a couple of guys, Dominic Leone and Logan Allen, I'm not really counting in this because they weren't really counted on here. They did not pitch as many innings as everybody else. Uh, but Simber, compared to those other guys, was giving up a lot more hits per nine, even though his whip isn't as high as Maiden. Maiden's pitched more innings, which is stretch that average out. Um, yeah, so that I, I mean, that's why Simber's not on this team. There, there are other righties on this team that can strike guys out, that can match up against right-handed hitters. And if Simber's not effective against right-handed hitters, then there's really no spot for him. Now, he's still on the 40-man roster. I don't know if he's eligible on the playoff roster or not because I know they're allowed to bring alternative players with them if they travel, right, into their bubble. So they've got some alternate players in their bubble. So, I mean, maybe maybe Sibber will get another chance. He's still a young guy. There's still time for him, but he's just not the best option this season. He's really got to find it again against right-handed batters. So thank you, Phil. Thanks for the call. That, that's how I think the bullpen kind of matches up, how the bullpen kind of compares. All right. Coming up tomorrow, like I said, it is that bullpen game for the Indians. Quantrill is going against Brubaker for the Pirates. Indians need this one. They need this win. They need to mix up this uh, postseason standings right now. They've got a chance still to have a home game. They can have a home series probably against the Yankees if they can move up against the White Sox today. If the White Sox lose and the Indians win, the Indians get that fourth spot. I would rather face the Yankees. I would rather face the Yankees, like go to Minnesota and face the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the the Yankees coming into Cleveland do not scare me as much. I know the Yankees can hit. I know. But I, I feel like the Indians pitching can get hot against the Yankees. But, man, those Twins, man, they hit home runs against us. Do you want to face Kepler and Rosario and Sano and Cruz and Donaldson? The way those guys hit home runs, I, I'm I'm taking my chances with the Yankees there. So let's see if the Indians could do it, if they could pull this one out. Who's pitching for the White Sox today? Let's see that game. They've got Lopez going today, and we hit Lopez around hard in his last start. Uh, for the Cubs, it's Alzole. I don't know Alzole. So uh, we shall see what the White Sox do against the Cubs. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final again from Cleveland. I'm sorry. I got to say it. It's just how the show goes. It's the Pirates 8, the Indians nothing. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap everything up for the 2020 season. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, there's a little button there that you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.